episode 129 for February 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trade paperbacks. A spider example for this episode is Ultimate Spider-Man number 157. This one is penciled by Mark Bagley, and the issue description says that, quote, You'll be talking about this issue all year, and it says to leave your cynicism at the door. Quote, This is the real deal, the death of Spider-Man. Now, the cover price is $3.99, and mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. All right, uh, let's do this month in history with JR. We're going back to 1991, JR. Amazing Spider-Man 344. The title of the book is Heart and Powers. And on the cover, we have the Rhino getting ready to charge Spider-Man, and he's hitting up Cardiac. And the title says uh, at the very top, Is Venom Really Dead? New Clues Inside. And the, king, uh, the Rhino says, Hey, I want to kill him. And is he hero or villain introducing Cardiac? But wait, there's more, such as the rampaging Rhino. Now... How much would you pay? We And the cover price of the book is $1. So, Jerry, like this one? This one has the first appearance of Cletus Cassidy. And the well, first appearance of Cardiac. Well, I, I have to say it was uh, this was a pretty average month. It wasn't as deplorable as some of the other ones we've had. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Carnage, uh, I mean, the Cletus Cassidy uh, appearance is just a one-pager. Uh, he's Eddie Brock's roommate in jail. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Brock is exercising and Cassidy is saying something stupid, looks out the window, sees a couple of white eyes looking at him and, you know, hops back into his bed. So that's about all we get of, um, you know, Cassidy and, and Brock. Um, spend an awful lot of time on this carnage. Uh, I mean, I'm a carnage. Cardiac, who's the, like I said before, is the enemy of managed health care. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, this, this is really strange because, you know, basically what Cardiac is doing now, he's not trying to kill somebody, but basically he's trying to destroy a warehouse, which is owned by Justin Hammer, who, by the way, doesn't look a thing like Sam Rockwell in these uh, comics. <laughs> uh, you know, he's Cardiac wants to destroy a warehouse of chemicals that's going to be shipped uh, to South America for drugs. And <laughs> Spider-Man, ever the paragon of property rights, uh, says, <laughs> you can't do that. This is private property. <laughs> it's like, you know, pretty, pretty soon, you know, Spider-Man is going to go around to the neighborhood enforcing eminent domain. You know, I'm sorry, you know, you guys got to move eminent domain here. We're going to knock it down and build a hot, build an expressway. Um, so, so Spidey's really concerned about property, uh, uh, property rights here in this issue. More than drugs uh, getting in the hands of kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if, it's one of those where if I went back and read it again, I'd probably say, okay, I, maybe I see where Spidey's coming from. This nutbag's coming in, going to blow everything up. and and uh, But he's not there to kill anybody. That's the thing, you know. Uh, so it's Spidey's it's kind, of, it's kind of a confusing uh, story. Mm-hmm. Um, although one of the things I like, I, Eric Larson is doing these issues now, and I yeah. kind of liked how Spider-Man's costume looked black and black and red on several panels instead of blue and red. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have always felt black and red is a better um, is a uh, a better look for Spider-Man. That's just Bird. 
That's just personally. That's just me. I've always liked that. I am that. with you on that, Jr. I oh, love good, Black good. and Red Spider-Man. Um, and let's see here. Uh, oh, let's see here. The Rhino's in there because Hammer hires him. Hammer, don't hurt him. Uh, Hammer. <laughs> this was '91, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Hammer hires him to defend other warehouses. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, for uh, it, it's it's it's. I tell you, for 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 those of you who you know, like, there's some people who don't like to see pets, you know, harmed or kids <laughs> harmed or whatever. For those of you who don't like to see warehouses uh, come under attack, uh, stay away from this issue. Um, but but the best part of this issue, honest to God, is the bullpen bulletins page. Oh, I did. What, what was happening? I don't have the book. The, the reason for that is. Tom Brevoort, I think this is one of when Tom Brevoort's blog. He mentioned like ten projects he was ashamed to have ever been a part of. <laughs> I, I, I again, maybe I'm, I've got this wrong, but I do remember somebody really uh, of uh, 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 criticizing this. Stan is promoting a comic book based on a singer by the name of Nightcat. Oh God, I have. <laughs> God, I remember that. And, I, as I read this, I'm going to read this, and for those of you who think, who are getting a little bit uptight about Marvel's shameless hype and promotion and zealousness, this is Stan. <laughs> but now it's time to meet the newest, most exotically exciting superstar in the mighty Marvel firmament, the only superhero based on a real-life flesh-and-blood human being, <laughs> dazzling, dangerous, deadly, a smoldering, sizzling stick of human <laughs> dynamite, <laughs> the one and only Nightcat. Wow. I think after reading that one, I am going to issue an apology to about <laughs> all the ad- Marvel ads I've slammed over the last decade. This is just... I, uh, this is, I mean, it's Stan, but I mean, it's, it, it's Stan on steroids almost. Uh, and of course, Nightcat was, uh, an, an abomination. You know, I mean. And, <laughs> Didn't uh, they release a CD or a cassette or something with Nightcat also? I don't, I, I don't know, but like, I, I, I think Brevoort or somebody did it in a blog about one of the most embarrassing projects they'd been a part of, and th- this was one of them. So, honestly, yeah, this is the best part of the issue, really. That's hilarious. Okay. I'm trying to Google Nightcat information as you talk. That one was written by David Michelini and Eric Larson. Also came out uh, in February of 91. Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man 173 called Creature Stirring, written by Jerry Conway and David Michelini. Sal Buscema on art, ink, and cover. This one has Spider-Man. Uh, it's a Christmas theme. Doc Ock has his tentacles wrapped around Spider-Man's neck and arms. and says, guess who dropped by for the holidays? Warning, events in this issue will lead to major developments harmful to Peter Parker's life. And you have Mary Jane running out to rescue him with Christy Watson. Christy Watson, is that her name? The the cousin? Uh, I don't remember what her last name is. Uh, and Aunt May in the uh, frame. Uh, this one has Mary Jane, Willie Lumpkin, Nick Katzenberg, Gloria Grant, Lance Bannon, Betty Brandt, and J. Jonah Jameson all in it. And the villain is Doc Ock. What do you think of this one, J.R.? Now, I tell you, this, this, there, there's a recurring theme here in a couple of these issues, and um, I'll get, you'll probably I'll get to it in a little bit, but uh, you can't miss Willie Lumpkin uh, 
moving his ears, wiggling his ears. Okay, just <laughs> just remember Willie Lumpkin wiggling his ears in this issue. You know, May's getting ready for Christmas and Willie's wiggling his ears. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Doc Ock is uh, actually Doc Ock's kind of sedate this issue. Um, he's not he didn't kill anybody. He just throws a lot of insults around. He he actually was going to show up to May's house for Christmas, and uh, you know he uh, is actually. Kind of a nice scene, really. He shows up, and he was going to go in, and then he sees her with, with her family and says, you know, I, I really don't have a place here. Um, it, it was it was plotted by Conway. I think Michelinie actually wrote it, because I think we're at the end of Conway's run on this. Um, you know, it's for those who want to make, you know, for those who want to get, you know, I mean, Ox and May's relationship was always kind of creepy. Um, but if you kind of put that aside and just kind of see Doc Ock as someone who just – in the very deepest part of his mind, actually kind of wants a normal life. Um, this is actually a nice scene. And, of course, Spider-Man shows up, starts starts beating on him, and then Aunt May opens the door, and the two of them stop and basically are mutually embarrassed, and Ock walks away. Um, you know, not the greatest of stories, but that's okay. But the highlight of the issue, besides Willie Lumpkin wiggling his ears, uh, <laughs> is Nick Katzenberg finally... Gets finally gets under Peter's skin so much that Peter slams his head down on a table <laughs> and says that he's going to if he if he bugs him again because Nick makes a couple of snide, you know snide comments about Mary Jane as well and so he slams his head face you know face in a bowl of punch and threatens to rip his bloody head from his shoulders <laughs> and it was like boy Peter it's about time so uh, you know it's. You know what? What? What can I say? It was the early '90s. You know. As As you're talking, I'm googling Nightcat. Nightcat's album was released in early 1991, uh, in cross promotion with RCA Records and I'm Marvel. And she, Miss Traveres, uh, was the actress that played Nightcat, and uh, she also appeared in on Rick D's Into the Dark, and on the Nia People Show. <laughs> And, oh uh, yeah, I've got all those on uh, <laughs> video tape. The Nia People Show. Nia yes, People Show. <laughs> uh, Web of Spider Man seventy three. This one is called Head Quest, written by John Byrne, artist Alex Savick. This one has the Human Torch. This is Art Attack Part One. Uh, guest starring the Human Torch. Uh, also, what is this chick called that has the great body and the circular head? What is she called? <laughs> I think I saw her referenced as wow. Ruby. The Headmen, Ruby, uh, Doctor Morgan, Shandu, and Gorilla Man. These are all John Byrne villains, I think. Yeah, she's holding Shandu's head because Shandu doesn't have a body because Shandu wants Spider-Man's body. Right. Okay. You know, whatever. Go for it. Um, <laughs> this is a grotesque story. I mean, it's just a little. <laughs> Little grotesque. The headmen are, are just a bunch of grotesque villains. You know, the, you've yeah. got some guy who just, you know, who looks like he just came out of the oven. You know, his face is all, you know, <laughs> you know, someone melted him. You got gorilla, you know, gorilla with a head on it. You got Ruby with the red head holding Chandu's head and waving <laughs> around. It's it just, you know, I mean, if I were Spider-Man, I would turn and run just because these villains <laughs> make me sick to look at. You know, it's like, oh, stop going. You know, he says, I can't stand to look at these awful villains anymore. Yeah. Um, anyway, and and the issue starts, though, with a full-page pa- panel of Willie Lumpkin wiggling his ears. So, <laughs> <laughs> Two issues this month of w- wiggling Willie. Yeah. Now, wow. if you thought, if you thought, 
Spidey's web shooters breaking in three stories in a row, you know, back when one more brand new day began. How about two writers having Willie Lumpkin wiggle his ears during the same month? What are the odds? Jerry Conway and John Byrne were thinking of the same bit. What is Willie Lumpkin doing in the issues so much? Okay, well, basically, (laughs) what is he doing in the issues? Well, he's wiggling Aunt May for one. Um, But uh, at least we didn't have to. Peter didn't walk in on him like she did Jameson Sr. But uh, actually, Willie has got tickets to Alicia Masters. um, She's uh, got got some sculptures. and uh, this is when Alicia is married to Johnny Storm. Actually, she's uh, Mrs. Storm. Actually, though, I she's don't think Lyja. it's her because they didn't yeah. they, didn't they retcon it where she's Lyja the Scroll? Yeah, that's uh, yes. Okay, okay. So, but anyway, I guess right now they hadn't decided to retcon it, so she's she's Alicia Storm. And Willie has tickets. You know, uh, Johnny gave him some tickets and to spread around. So Peter, Mary Jane, Christy, Aunt May, Willie, you know, are all there. Uh, the headsmen attack because they want, you know, because they've detected Spider-Man's unique bio signature, and so they want his body. And so we just have this early ridiculous fight. Um, and um, you know what it is? I mean, it's Art Attack Part One of Four. Yeah. Uh, there is actually a good moment where. Spider-Man bumps into Alicia, and he says something to her just off the top, like "You better get out of here or move or whatever." And she, <laughs> and she calls him Peter. She thinks it's Peter Parker. Oh, that's you know? good. And he goes, "Oh, holy shit!" You know, I better. <laughs> this thing, oh, yeah, same thing happens. This, this, this is Peter. Oh, Spider-Man's over there. He wants you to move to the side. <laughs> so you know, I, I thought that was that was it. This happened to me at Daredevil last week. Uh, <laughs> is this so after this, Nathan Lebensky died and Willie's moving yep. in? I think so. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Also came out this month, Spider-Man 7, uh, adjectiveless Spider-Man. Uh, this one is Todd McFarlane on everything. Titles called Masks. It's got Spider-Man, uh, tripping up with Ghost Rider. Um, this issue so ton of Ghost Part Rider and the yeah. Hobgoblin. Yeah. Part 7 of Tom McFarlane's Vanity Project, which Marvel subsidized. Um, <laughs> You know, this, I mean, what can I say about this one? This one is the, the Hobgoblin, the Masondale Hobgoblin, as we know, at, uh, near the end of that ridiculous inferno, uh, wanted the powers of a demon, so the head demon said, well, you, you've given me a laugh, so zappy zaps him and he's a demon, you know? Yeah. Uh, but now, the thing is, McFarlane makes him a religious lunatic as well, which actually, I guess, is a precursor to them splitting in two and, uh, the uh, religious lunatic part becoming a demo goblin. Uh, excuse me a minute. The story is like Jerry on. Yeah, it's got me. <laughs> it's got me choked up. You know, Ghost Rider shows up. Um, you know, to take on the goblin. You know, Ghost Rider is. Uh, let's see. Ghost Rider thinks the Hobgoblin's evil, so he's got to destroy him. Hobgoblin thinks the Ghost Rider's evil, so he's got to destroy him. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a little kid who Hobgoblin killed his mother, and he's got a half a Hobgoblin face. Don't ask. And they're in a big building that's going to burn down. Um, Common theme, it seems, even to today. And, yeah, exactly. Now, this is the thing. Now, he, during the story, Spider-Man calls Ghost Rider a rookie, that he doesn't need some rookie running around. Now, I, again, I know there's been more than one Ghost Rider. You know, Johnny Blaze, Denny Ketch, you know, I, I know mm-hmm. there's been more than one. Has Spider-Man ever known who the various Ghost Riders are? I mean, the character's been around since sure. like, the mid-70s. So why is he calling Ghost Rider a rookie? Um, well, well, there was that that Venom Ghost Rider Spider-Man and Web crossover where Johnny Blaze 
was Blaze, and there was the Ghost Rider. So he he probably knew who Johnny Blaze was just from that. Anyway, this is uh, yeah. like all of the Spider-Man, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Todd, <laughs> Spider-Man, Todd McFarlane issues. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, pass it, pass it up. Also, he was in three more issues this month. Uh, Fantastic Four, number 349, written by Walt Simonson, art by Art Adams. This is at uh, the new Fantastic Four. This, I think this wraps up the new Fantastic Four, which consisted of the Grey Hulk, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider. So Ghost Rider was with Spidey twice this month. Yep, yep, yep. And um, but Willie Lumpkin is notably, notably absent. Uh, <laughs> so, but we do have the Mole Man. But the Mole Man does not wiggle anything in this issue. Um, thank, thank God, Mole yeah. Man just wrapped up the Spidey Daily. By the way, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Only yeah. thank Lump- God. <laughs> and now, well, I, and and now I know I know that Kevin's probably not bathing uh, or showering or eating until you know e- as he watches uh, each day's Morbius uh, post, you know, come up. So. You know. <laughs> Have, have you, Kevin, are you liking the uh, the Morbius and the Daily? I mean, today's is we're recording this on the uh, the twelfth, and you just got your first appearance of Morbius drawn by Art Savick. Alex, uh, I haven't seen that one yet. I've been I've been following it. I hadn't seen today's yet. Oh, it's, today's it's is pretty slow, but I'm enjoying it so far. Today's is pretty. Uh, let's see, Jared, did you like this issue? Did you like that? Well, one? you know, not really. It was a very disappointing uh, finish, really, to a, a, a neat idea. Um, I mean, the best part is the Hulk has a bunch of great lines. Um, the, you know, uh, basically, I think one, I think one of my favorite lines was, you know, well, our spider sense couldn't have kicked in a little quicker, could it have? You know, as, you know, something comes crashing down on him and the Hulk's got to hold it up. Um, the thing is, this story is exposition hell. There's all kinds of exposition. Um, because the, as we, as we learn in the story, there's this scroll princess or, who's on the lamb because the scrolls are trying, uh, scroll, other scrolls are coming after her trying to kill her. She fakes the FF's death so she can get the these other the other superpowered heroes to come to their revenge, revenge for them and kill all these scrolls. And now they're down in the mole, the mole man's domain. And oh, by the way, there's this egg she wants that's going to hatch a robot. But the uh, there's a one of mole man's big monsters is hugging the egg and bonding with it. Uh, and so everybody's explaining everything. So there's just a lot of exposition, uh, and it really comes across. It really kind of Peter, uh, Peter's out, no pun intended. Um, so, like I said, other than the Hulk uh, having some good lines, yeah. uh, this was kind of a disappointing uh, ending to a, a story that actually was a very good, very good idea. Uh, it was also in Avengers 329, written by Larry Hama, famous of GI Joe fame, and artist Paul Ryan. This one has the new Avengers uh, roster named, and I think this one. Is coming off of um, the John Byrne, like ten issues where Spider-Man was uh, in the background. And I guess he's named a reserve substitute of the Avengers in this issue. You remember oh, this one, Jerry? Uh, yeah, I remember this one. I, I lamb blasted it in my Spider-Man Team Player mm-hmm. series. I mean, it was an appalling, appalling story, and I'll tell you why. Why? Um, the uh, I guess the, the Avengers because they. And I really didn't follow the Avengers, but I guess after a while, their uh, the their pro- their the amount of damage they do uh, 
it was almost too much for the government to take anymore, and the U.S. government was thinking of not renewing their charter. So all the Avengers, past and present, are sitting around, you know, stewing, wondering what they're going to do, you know, if the, U, uh, the U.S. doesn't renew their charter. And then all of a sudden, somebody from the U.N. walks in, United Nations, and says, oh, by the way, the United Nations will give you a charter, it, you know, but as a condition, you can't take action against anybody. Basically, it says you can take... You're authorized to take all kinds of, and she riles off tons of things. Basically, you're entitled to save the earth and save humanity, except unless one of the member nations of the United Nations is doing something evil. So, and then she says that, and they all go, yay! And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys have just signed on to, you know, tacitly agreeing to, to genocide, you know, so... Basically, but that's exactly what this is. You know, it says the UN will give you a charter as long as you don't take action against any of the members. And it's like, yeah, okay. And, and they're all cheering about this, you know, and, and it's just awful. It's just utterly appalling. Yeah. And um, then Spider-Man is designated a reserve Avenger. Reserve okay. substitute. Is that Yeah, is reserve that substitute. That yeah. sounds even better. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 yeah, I guess if your substitute teacher's sick, then, oh, by the way, we, we got a reserve substitute teacher rated. You if know, sales fire. really fall, bring them in. Oh, my <laughs> and then, but the other substitute, the other, you know, the Sandman also is made a substitute reserve avenger in this story. So Spider-Man, who's been fighting crime for, a, you know, many years, he's fought beside each one of these avengers. He is relegated to the same status as the Sandman and Rage. <laughs> basically, you know, basically looks like Luke Cage on steroids, except he's like, what, 12 or something and lives with yeah. his grandpa. So somebody read New Warriors back in the day. Very good. So some, you know, drop your ass with this one. This one. <laughs> and the very last one was Cloak and Dagger, Volume 3, Number 16. Well, I did not get this. I did not read this, uh, and I have no interest in it since I see that uh, the writer was Terry Cavanaugh. So that's it. <laughs> did you did you ever pick up any? Did you like Cloak and Dagger? Well, they were fine as long as they appeared guest starred in Spider Man. But that's the thing with a lot of these characters that are that Marvel was always so anxious to give them a series mm -hmm. and whatever potential they, I mean, a lot of the, what, a lot of the interesting parts of these characters was what you didn't know about them, yeah. you know, and their motivations were always kind of, you know, I mean, these were kind of vigilante types too, because they were basically two teenagers that had been, um, you know, experimented on uh, with new drug uh, formulas uh, by, I guess by the mob, I forget, it's fuzzy. Uh, by the way, if you check the Mr. Negative uh, miniseries, I guess Mr. <laughs> Negative was in there as well being experimented on. That's why he's now a very negative person. Uh, <laughs> But it's it's like it's like any of these characters, like you know Punisher or Cloak and Dagger or you know Venom, the Lethal Protector. You know, the more you see of them, the more they lose their appeal, yeah. uh, because then you have to basically you have to keep coming up with lame ways to justify them continuing to uh, do what they do. So I think, I think it's interesting. Steve Gerber came back. He hasn't. I didn't think he did much with Marvel, with the exception of uh, Howard the Duck. Yeah, I have, I have no idea though. I, I, he no, he no. came back in the in the late '80s and early '90s and was did. doing a bunch of stuff for them. He wrote a Nightmare on Elm Street magazine. It lasted two issues. I've got it. 
Um, Man. And he did stuff like that. So whatever problems he had with Marvel were obviously resolved. That's funny. What, what do you think of the possibilities of a Cloak & Dagger TV show, JR? That's what they're talking about. Think it'd work? No idea. I mean, no idea. It's like anything else. In the hands of a good writer, good actor, um, you, 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 can, it, you might be able to sell it. But what they'll probably do is they'll probably hire... You know, probably hire two fabulously young, fabulously good-looking people who can't act. Uh, they'll probably have some hack writer, you know, write it, you know, write it, and it'll last uh, even less than uh, Birds of Prey did. This uh, issue was uh, penciled by Rick Leonardi, who went on to do uh, Spider-Man 29 with 2099 with uh, Peter David. So, uh, did anybody read this one? Anybody got this in their in their uh, 50 cent bin that they found at the local comic shop? Bailey, you got this one? Which one was this again? I'm sorry. Cloak, Cloak and Dagger, Volume 3, Number 16. No, I, I, uh, I'm gonna put this as delicately as possible. I could give a rat's ass about Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> I, uh, I, I really didn't like, like them. I don't know. The why. issues of Spectacular Spider-Man. They were involved in that, uh, Bill Mantlo written story where Punisher was shooting jaywalkers and stuff. I remember that. And their very presence, three, yeah, yeah, and their very presence in that story because I hate it so much because I think it, it pretty much I, I don't think Mantlo had had clue one who the Punisher was. Yeah. Uh, great writer overall, don't get me wrong. I'm not insulting Bill Mantlo because I've loved just about everything else I've read of his, but those like couple of issues just bothered me to the point where I didn't like Cloak and Dagger because of it. <laughs> so February '91, Jr. Good or bad month? Yeah, below average. Below average. Okay. All right, gang. That rep. Oh shit. Let me edit that. Um, <laughs> recommendations, real quick. Uh, Mr. Bailey, what do you got for recommendations this month? All right, I got a podcast, Marvel yep. Noise, which you can find at marvelnoise.com. Uh, I don't like every feature on this because it's a bunch of different features and in, in one. Um, in one podcast, you got a guy named Pat who goes over the new releases. You've got uh, Rick and Colonel Mooseblood who dramatically read issues of the Incredible Hulk called Smash Tales. Uh, you got you got a guy named my favorite part of it is a, a gentleman by the name of Steve Raker who goes over not only current stuff he's reading, but he'll devote uh, entire segments to like Marvel's cosmic books and the early issues of Doctor Strange and stuff like that. And I'm just really, really liking the show. Uh, I recommend the Incredible Hulk TV series from the late 70s. Which... Damn you! A third time? Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let Brad go on with that. Because uh, oddly enough, Brad yeah. and I are in this around the same season. We are. Uh, we're on season two of two, the Hulk. So, oh. Uh, Seriously, are you like my Ben Riley? I mean, seriously. Yes, I am your Ben Riley. Born a year later. Um, uh, one day comic book shows. If you get these in your area, go to them. Uh, if they're good, you're going to find fantastic deals. I managed to get uh, a, a good number of the Spider-Man books that I was looking for for three dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, which with some of those McFarlane books, because I got 316 and 317, which was the return of Venom. Nice. So those things are still going for like 10 bucks. So to get them for the price I got them, I was excited. And Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes on Disney nice. XD. Good show. Uh, they had a little mini 
uh, marathon this morning, and I caught up on a few episodes, and I absolutely love this show. I, I think this show is why I'm reading so many Marvel books right now, because it really got me into a Marvel headspace and to really like those characters. So that's it for me. Cool. All right, Zach, what do you got for recommendations this month? Um, well, I'm going to recommend, uh, first of all, <laughs> I can't to be it. back. I can't. How strange. How strange. He just had his mute microphone muted for an hour and a half, but, uh, no, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody wanted to listen to me to ramble on about the issue this month, so, uh, <laughs> that's he, how it rolls. He just got back from, uh, working, so he's now available for the rest of the show on the message book questions, but <laughs> we'll get you in on this show. What do you recommend, buddy? Um, well, I recommend um, White Collar, first of all. I've enjoyed this. Oh. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Good choice. Um, I've, I've just enjoyed the crap out of it. Um, I'm also going to recommend um, uh, the new, not the uh, book number, epic book number four of the Clone Saga. Uh, I just got that the other day. And, um, yeah. I, I, got, I got number five. What's up with it being so small? Um, number five, yeah, it's kind of strange, isn't it? Uh, I, I was looking at the page counts. Yeah. Because number four and number three were a lot bigger, Yeah. Um, I think that they compensated back for number four, for number five. Three and four are bigger than the first two. But they're the same so the price. The first two were huge. Same price, though, right? Um, they were $5 more, I think. I think the oh, first two were, were 34 Okay. And the second two were, uh, thir- uh, were 40 So, okay. um, other than that, um, that's really all my recommendations this month. And what, uh, are we, what are we doing with the Clone Saga trades? What did Wacker say on the front page? Um, the Clone Saga trades, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that number six is going to be solicited for either April or May. Okay. Because we're doing a classic Clone Saga reprint of the ASM 149-ish or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Oh, uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I hadn't heard that. Oh, I've seen it. It's, it's called Classic Ben Riley or something like that. It's on Amazon. I'll show it to you later. Okay. Uh, uh, on where things may or may not ever appear. It's the Wikipedia of sales. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I do want to recommend one oh. thing. I almost yeah. forgot. J- uh, the Amazon Kindle. I got that for Christmas. Oh, cool. And the first thing I bought and downloaded was WebSlinger, which features a article by our very own J.R. Fettinger. J.R., oh, we God. have a thousand and one people that bought oh. your book. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, now, yeah, your check is in the mail. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, is officially gone digital. Nice. Yeah. I'm probably your first digital download, huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to mark this day. That's, that, yeah. that sounds really dirty, by the way. Zach, I was going to say, Zach, was it good for you, Jr.? <laughs> Zach, Zach downloads me today. <laughs> Zach goes smoke down on me today. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, so Zach and I own a copy of your book. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't own a physical copy, but it's on my Kindle. I own a physical copy. Uh, JR, what do you recommend today? Uh, nothing because I'm sick of the sound in my own voice. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he, he recommends someone else. Uh, Mr. Bailey, oh, Mr. Bailey already talked. Kevin, what do you like? Uh, I got a couple of things. Um, two new shows that I've picked up recently. Well, that just started recently, really. Uh, one of them is called Harry's Law. Damn it, I hate going last. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. 
Well, at least you've got good taste. Um, <laughs> it's it's the new show from David E. Kelly, who did uh, The Practice and Boston Legal and Boston Public and all that stuff. And really, if you like any of those shows, you you would like Harry's Law. It's got the same sense of humor and the same sense of justice and all that kind of thing. It's I feel like the courtroom stuff in this one is way more ridiculous than even anything he's done before, but it's still a fun show. Uh, it's a good show, great acting. Um, so I definitely recommend that one. I'm enjoying it a heck of a lot. Uh, second new show is called Lights Out on FX. Uh, it's you've probably seen promotions for it on FX. They've been promoting it for months on end. But it's a it's a boxing show. Well, it's a show about a boxer more like he was the champion and his wife made him get out of boxing uh, because it was too dangerous. And now it's a couple of years later and all his money's gone. So it's a matter of he's doing some shady things to try to get some money back and he's trying to convince his wife to let him get back in the ring. Um, it's 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 a solid dramatic show. I'm I'm really enjoying it. The first couple I thought were a bit too bleak, but I think it's getting a good tone at this point. Um, and let's see, a new comic. Well, not a new comic at all, but one I just started picking up again. Uh, Justice League of America, the James Robinson Mark Bagley run on the book. I just picked up basically because I've decided I need to pick up all these Dick Grayson books after I dropped the Batman books a while ago, and I'm really enjoying it a lot uh it's it's got a lot of great action you know the justice league's got stuff to hit <laughs> it's got a lot of great characters uh you've got dick grayson as batman donna troy jade um kung gorilla and starman who i never thought i would like but i'm enjoying just plenty of good characters lots of it really taps into that dc legacy thing which is really something that dc has uniquely over Marvel, I think, uh, and it's it's reveling in that. So I'm really enjoying it. I haven't liked a lot of recent James Robinson. I didn't like his Superman stuff at all, but this is a really great book, so I would recommend that. And Mark Bagley's always awesome. Cool. Um, and the last thing I would recommend is uh, something I've done recently, quitting smoking. Um, I meant uh, to tell you about that. Congratulations. Yay! Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I've been... It's what? Two months? Didn't you start January yeah, 1? Yeah, I'm near the end of week 8. Nice. Uh, it's a, and I'm on... I've been smoking for seven and a half years, and I picked up the Nicorette... Uh, no, Nicoderm CQ patch. It's a 10-week program, and it works really well. So if you're somebody that's thought about quitting, I recommend the Nicoderm CQ patch. 10-week uh, program, it costs about as much as smoking, but after the end of those 10 weeks, you're going to be done with that money. Uh, and it, it, it works. It takes away the craving. You just got to work on kicking the habit, and that didn't really take very long, and I'm I'm glad I've made the decision. You think you're done? Yeah, I really do. Awesome. I'm going to miss the cigarette lighter going off. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> wow. I just have to keep a lighter around and flick it every once in a while. Or now, record. <laughs> you're, you're, being a smoker is an expensive hobby. <laughs> you mm -hmm. think comic books are expensive. How it much really are you is. saving them a month? Were you buying how much a pack? Probably a lot. I mean, I was doing a pack a day, mm -hmm. and I was buying them in cartons, nice. which is 10 packs, and for a carton, it was $43. Yeah. So that's $43 every 10 days. So, so quite a bit. <laughs> Hold on. 300 Well, I'm bad at math. How much is that a year? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> you can buy that's, more comics. That's yeah, like... Or, I can just not be as broke as I was before because <laughs> awesome. I was so far in the hole that it's good to spend a little less money. Plus, when I moved out, uh, when I, I quit smoking just a little bit before I moved out of my apartment and moved my stuff back to my dad's house until I moved out to California. And so now I can smell it. Mm. <clears throat> I had no idea all my stuff smelled this bad. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every it gets into everything. It's not just cloth and you know like mattresses and stuff like that. My my plastic remote control smells like smoke. What the oh, hell is that? Hell, hell. <laughs> and women will want to kiss you more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I was, I was out last night with a couple of friends, uh, you know, having a drink before I go, and just one of them. Uh, was a smoker, and when he came back in from having a smoke, I could really smell him. And now I know what I smelled like every yes. time. No. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's it's a much more attractive trait on a man, I find. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Stella, isn't it, isn't it more... Oh, God. I, if it, uh, too far, Brad. What just happened? I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying Kevin's now more attractive is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'd probably agree with you there just because, I mean, smoking is kind of a turn-off there for me. So, Kevin, yeah. My man. Welcome. Good job, buddy. That's the hey. best recommendation <laughs> I've ever heard. Uh, Stella, we have, uh, I think you're the last one. What do you got? Yeah, I guess, well, besides you, right? Should I try to, what are your other ones? Do you want me to recommend those <laughs> Two you? out of my three have been said. I've got one left. If you say it, I'm just oh, dear. up. I'm done. <laughs> That'd be unfortunate. Well, I doubt it. Um, I'll start off with my literary, uh, literary recommendation. And it is actually a comic book. It's, uh, Superman, Batman, Supergirl. Um, I guess it was six issues, six or seven issues by Jeff Loeb and Michael Turner. And I had, uh, bought the, quote apocalypse dvd you know direct to video and i enjoyed that and then i found this for a half price at a um a comic show so michael bailey is correct on this and uh, i read it and then i rewatched it and i just i just really enjoyed it and seeing supergirl and kind of different environments you know both in metropolis and then uh, themiscara and of course apocalypse so it was just fun um let's see here oh big update about a uh, Batgirl to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon podcast. It has moved to uh, Batgirl to Oracle dot net. It actually has its own kind of site there. Uh, you. Got in large it. part, yeah. Well, thanks in large part to uh, the Batman universe and Dustin over there. And um, in the future, it'll be uh, pretty close. Now, I will be taking down my Potomatic stuff, so discontinuing. Um, my subscription there, uh, but there are details on what's going to be happening in the latest episode. But just to give you a heads up to look for a new feed in iTunes, and then everything will be switched over. Very nice. So you're going to host yeah. the, the MP3s on your site? Yeah, which cool. yeah That's easier, do. and then don't ha- yeah don't have to upgrade because I'm kind of close to upgrading again, and you know mm-hmm. all the hassle of Podomatic. So no doubt. yeah, so it's a very exciting time. Um, and who knows? Yeah, who knows? That's yeah, exactly exact- like your gateway drug that you exactly you yeah. get in podcasting with that, <laughs> and eventually you move on to the harder stuff. Mainly because the yeah. more popular the get, more more popular get you get the uh, the more you have to pay for it. Yeah. I'm the only one that didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on Podomatic? I didn't think you were. No, I, I've I've hosted mine since pretty much the beginning on private sites. Yeah, I mean that's so. the way to go in my opinion. You have to worry about bandwidth, but hopefully. With your setup, Stella, they, they won't charge you by the bandwidth. Yeah. Like cool. Uh, so Stella took my third one. No, I'm just kidding. I had the Supergirl. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. My uh, first one, as we said, uh, the Incredible Hulk seasons from the 1970s. Michael Bailey and I are watching them pretty much uh, on the same disc at some point. I'm on season two, and so is he. Uh, him and I grew up with this show. And it's nice to go back and watch it with a grown-up eye. It's it's very similar, Michael, I found, to like a Twilight Zone episode. 
I mean, well, with the exception if, if there was one recurring character in all the Twilight Zone episodes. But there's a new cast in every episode, basically. Yep. And you, your, your quality is uh, based a lot on the supporting players. <laughs> because Lou and Bill are solid throughout the whole thing. But, um, for instance, I just last night watched the, the car wash episode of the 1970s Holocaust. Into the car wash. Exactly. It was very much based on yeah. the, the 1970s film car wash. Well, if that, if that show was going to do anything, it was going to rip off the current trend. Well, they did uh, the Saturday Night Fever episode. They did a Saturday Night Fever yeah. episode. They did a Rocky episode. They yep. stole or, or clipped outright from the Steven Spielberg movie Duel yep. in an entire episode, which apparently really pissed Steven Spielberg. It did. Um, it did. And uh, so basically, if there were, if there was a current trend, you, you, <laughs> you can bet that the Incredible Hulk was going to do an episode like it. And I also recommend the listening to the DVD commentary on yeah. the pilot. And the first episode of season two, which is called Married, which Meredith Baxter, no, wait a minute, that's not, Meredith Hartley won an Emmy Award for her performance in that episode. It was written by Kenneth Johnson, who did oh, the V, V mini, you don't like Kenny? No, 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 sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's something else. I'll... went on to do a V in the 80s, which was a great miniseries. He also did, um, uh, Alien Nation. So, and the Steel movie. Don't forget Steel in 1997. I'm, I'm, I'm recommending things, not to, taking them away. No, no, I never saw Steel with Shaquille O'Neal. I think I did as a kid, and I was like, oh, cool, Steel. Yeah. Did he have an S on his chest in Steel? No. Okay. No. Because here, here's the deep dark <laughs> secret of uh, Kenneth Johnson. He, uh, he is ashamed, I think, uh, <laughs> of doing as much... Uh, comic book type things as he's done in his life, you know, starting off on working on the Six Million Dollar Man and then creating the Bionic Woman and all that. I think he mm -hmm. he really wanted to do more with his career, and uh, <laughs> every time he gets a property like that, he sheds it of all of its all its comic yeah. book origins. I think it's uh, it was funny. These uh, DVDs were made a few years ago, and Kenneth. Uh, Kenny Johnson was talking about how when he was talking in the 70s to Stan, he was like, why is the Hulk green? I want to make the Hulk red because when you get when you see red, it, you, it conveys anger, etc. And and Stan was like, well, we had some bad coloring back in the 60s. It was originally gray. And then the colors could do green. And Kenny was like, what? <laughs> so I just thought that was a little funny a little bit. And if you think about it, the Hulk turning red makes more sense than green. Red Hulk. <clears throat> and now we have a Red Hulk. So. I know. Anyway, uh, also... Watch, uh, Jeff Lowe probably watched the commentary. He's like, idea! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Harry's Law was also mentioned by Kevin. Very good show. I'm a big fan of David E. Kelly. I enjoyed Alec McBeal. Yes, here's my man card. Uh, <laughs> I love Boston Legal. The character that... Uh, what's his name? Michael McDonald plays. Reminds me a lot of Danny Crane. Denny Crane. Oh, uh, Tommy Jefferson. Tommy Jefferson, just that is funny. A fun character. Fun character. I love how he has on the in his office just loops of video of him. I just think that's awesome. <laughs> and he has his own podium with a spotlight just nice. to talk at. Nice. Saying Tommy Jefferson, baby. Uh, <laughs> I hope the show gets renewed for a second season. I think it's got a very short first of only six episodes, if I read correctly. Hmm. So, uh, well, mid-season replacement. Yeah, mid-season replacement. So I Does hope anybody watch the Cape. I mean, I've watched yeah. the cape, and it's been okay. 
I watched the first two episodes and, and, and thought, wow, an actual superhero show on TV. Is it good? Um, it's not what of. I would call good, but it's a fun, pulpy sort of superhero show. It's, it's a good time. It's not going to last, but... Yeah. No, it's... And, th- and whoever created this show really watched Batman Begins. Like a lot. <laughs> I'm writing the script. My third recommendation is The Walking Dead Compendium. I got a uh, gift card for Christmas, and I ordered that massive book. My God, it's like a 1,000 pages or whatever. I'm not sure. But I'm about 50 pages into it, and I'm amazed. It's not a Marvel book. It's an image book, and it's in black and white, and I'm loving the hell out of it. Very, very good stuff. It uh, differs a lot from the TV show, which I watched first. But uh, I know, Michael, you said you've read it. You like mm-hmm. it. Anybody else read The Walking Dead? I heard the first trade and I enjoyed it. I just yeah. never moved on from there. Anyway, the compendium was uh, thirty-five bucks on Amazon for a bunch of bunch of pages. So good stuff. Okay, pee break. <laughs> I'm still working on the stupid message board questions. Okay, I'm glad so you showed up. I'm, I'm, that's a nice little surprise. Then, well, I uh, it was I got to work and I'm thinking. Um, nobody can play on these on on this course right now because the it's still trying to seep in the water is from the snow, yeah. And so the greens are like like got water puddled up on them, so it tear up the green. It's no. Are they closed the golf course? <laughs> well, they're open like for like if you need to buy like clubs or whatever and balls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I knew that was going to get a chuckle out of you. Yeah, I was there with you, Brad. <laughs> yes, Zach, Seriously. I need to buy some balls. I've been married. <laughs> he said balls. <laughs> I'm five. <laughs> Dude, we'd never grow out of that. I do not care what you all say. You nope. all bought it. Starting our message board questions with Iron Patriot. Uh, it's been a long time since everyone's been on the show. I would agree. We've got the whole cast here. To the whole gang, what's the funniest, most traumatic online experience you've ever had? Mine is stumbling across Supergirl, Batgirl, slash fiction. Wow. Um, mine was with my my website got hacked. I mean, that was really traumatic. I thought I was done. Yeah. That was really traumatic. Yeah, well, I had a heart attack that night, too. Yeah, we all yeah. did. <laughs> yeah, I had to, and apparently I came out of the closet that, that night, too. Yeah. <laughs> And all uh, the young girls were, they were so depressed that night, too, when he came out of the closet, because we realized we'd never have a chance. <laughs> FYI. Stella, do you have an online uh, traumatic experience that you... No, I'm sure it involves, like, looking for photos. Whenever you type in something, you need to be careful what you're typing in. I'm sure something, I probably put in... Dick and Babs, like sugar or something, and then something bad came up. It no, it, it's it's bad. Um, so if I ever don't it, so know something that somebody's uh, talking about, yeah. um, I have quickly learned that it's uh, best not to Google it because uh, you Google learn things you don't want to learn. That is not your friend. No. Yeah, <laughs> no. Search no matter what topic it is. There, That's the true. Text will be sex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the uh, in the he put it in the spo- in spoilers, it involved animals, unless you're into the, that stuff like Zach. So uh, wow, screw you, uh, Iron Page. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, do you have a traumatic experience? Kev, he's done. Kev, what's up? What's going on? Was 
You just had it. That was your most traumatic online experience. Did, have you had one, Kevin? Uh, yeah, like I said, the site was that too, but I imagine my most traumatic is, you know, probably an image I saw that I wouldn't want to describe in this particular context, because <laughs> there's Did some take crap out there. Although recently, I think it was Donna Mark posted on our board a picture of Batman kissing Robin, so that's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bailey, have you had a bad one? You mean outside of any time we're in a Skype chat and you say the word ding? <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. when, I was on, nice. when I was on AOL years and years and years ago, I don't know why this was, but I'd be sitting there just reading something, and all of a sudden on the AIM chat it would be like, hey, you into guys? <laughs> and it was just like, no. You sure? <laughs> yeah, pretty sure. <laughs> Well, have you ever tried it? Wow. No. Well, how can you know you don't like it if you've never tried it? I go, because this isn't Thai food. You don't like it, there's no plastic effects. You try it, never be able to have fun again. Oh, my God. So it wasn't so much traumatic as that it, it wasn't, it, it could have been the same guy, but it wasn't the same guy, but it's like that happened like three or four times over the course of six months. But then they made up, and now they're on a podcast, right, Zach? All right. Uh, <laughs> I've been having you on. Uh, JR, any traumatic online experiences? Well, not since I uh, started looking, not since I stopped looking for hookers um, online, but um, <laughs> no, no, I really can't say that I've had any. Okay. Uh, do any of you use comic book images as your desktop backgrounds? Yes. Marvel.com used to have a lot of good ones. I don't think they've updated in a while. Oh, yes, they have. They have? I mean, they update all the time. I have a program. Maybe they haven't been good, is my <laughs> point. Um, that um, can do this Windows 7 automatically because there's something in your background where you can cycle through images. But uh, I have a program that you can just load up a bunch of images into and it cycles through them. So every like five or ten minutes, my wallpaper changes. Oh, that's cool. Uh, to the gamers on the show, that is Stella and Zach myself. Have any of you played Prototype? The main character is like Wolverine Carnage and the Hulk all in one. Nope, I haven't. No, um, I haven't either. I Oh, you go ahead, Zach. No, ladies first. Sorry. Oh, uh, I haven't. I, I kind of heard that it got bad reviews, so I stayed away from it. And it came out around the time of Infamous, so I was trying to decide which one. I just went with Infamous, and I think I made a good decision there. Zach, well, I think I think I was getting Infamous. And, yeah. No. Um, I haven't played Prototype, but I I I, I thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't do a whole lot of gaming. And when it is, it's it's uh, Madden. You play sports games a lot. Yeah, I do. Uh, let's see. Kevin, when will you start the hostile takeover of the crawl space? It's coming. Yeah. If I'm not able to log on one day to my site, I know he's gone too far. <laughs> Although, uh, I, I did try to ban you last week. I know. I know. It's all good. Also, Kevin, what do you think of Francis Ma- Manipul's art? I don't know who that is. Uh, I like it. He's the current artist on The Flash. Um, and he was on Jeff Johns' Superboy run not too long ago. He's actually been around for quite a while. He used to do Top Cow stuff, and I didn't really dig on his art back in the Top Cow days, but 
he's changed it a whole hell of a lot, and I really like it. My one worry is that I think it might take him too long, because it seems like the Flash has run into a lot of uh, delays and fill-ins already. Hmm. Uh, to Michael Bailey, what do they put in Silver Age comics? I just bought some Silver Age Superman, and they smell awesome. Comic books, <laughs> old comics smell good, don't they? Okay, maybe it's me. Well, it's just <laughs> the paper mildewing, basically. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, it, it's just, it's old newsprint that's been either sitting out of the box or in the box. It just depends. Some old comics smell like complete ass, like Marvel books. From like ninety ninety one, for some reason, have this like total. I, I can't quite describe it, but I know that if I inhale it too much, I'll like end up brain dead on the floor. <laughs> um, Probably smash, man. No, 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 no. That would be like you I know, feel really mellow when, right now. When X Men went to that <laughs> slick, X Men went to that slick paper, and you could pick between the old newsprint and the news newsprint. I don't think the slick paper smells. No. But, you know, like, like, if you go into a really old comic shop yeah, that has been around since the dawn of man, it smells like old comics. And b- because I'm the type of person that likes old comics, that's something. The first comic shop I ever went into had that smell. So, It also, my wife hates that smell. I've gotten <laughs> a few of those. And it's just, uh, it's anti-female, I think, but I don't know. Um, also, what will Frank Miller do with the Power Girl book? Is he on a Power Girl, Girl book, Mike? God, I hope <clears> not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if he would do a Power Girl book, because it's a female protagonist that isn't Electra. So, um... <laughs> she'd be a hooker, she, right? Yeah. I don't even want to think about what she would look like. She'd be, she'd be square, and... I'm not a big fan of Frank Miller past Dark Knight Returns, so... Um, I he don't even to think about what he would do. After 86, he's dead to you. Michael and Brad, I'm 30 episodes away from listening to every episode of both the Crawl Space podcast and views from the long box. By the time you release us, I may have listened to all of them, maybe hopefully. Well, congratulations, awesome. sir. That's what I've got. This is like 120-ish. How many do you have? Okay. Uh, with the specials and everything, uh, about the same, actually. My God, man. That's a lot. Congratulations. JR, how distinct should the Norman and the Goblin personalities be? Well, without opening up a debate over whether or not Norman Osborn is schizophrenic, I don't think they should be distinct. I think the Goblin is simply a manifestation of Norman's desire to uh, operate outside the boundaries of normal society. You know, he's got to wear a coat and tie, you know, nine to five and at all these meetings and functions and things, and then he becomes the Green Goblin so he can go and beat the hell out of people. Wow. So I, I just really see it as all part of the same personality. Very good answer. I like that. Stella, I don't have a question. I just wanted to say hi. So hi. Okay. She, <laughs> she's ignoring you. Zach, did you and Bertoni actually come to me to restart the Crawl Space Chats, or did I just imagine it? You just imagine that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what I said to said to him, let me let me be clear. I said, look, if you want to start up, you know, a chat on Thursday night, there's not gonna be any official for now. Um But yeah, no, I wasn't sitting there saying, You are now the king of the Thursday night Skype chats. You are the key master. Okay. Berserk Fury eight one nine. Uh, BD, since you're now checking out The Walking Dead, do you like it, and do you think you'll check out Invincible? Um, no, probably not Invincible. Um, just I, I really am enjoying The Walking Dead. I've got so much Marvel to read. 
I just picked up Walking Dead because I dug the TV show. I don't want to get the history of it. Kevin, what looks worse, the pictures from X-Men First Class or the new movie of Spider-Man? Both look pretty astastic. <laughs> uh, although the, the X-Men First Class has the advantage that they just released a trailer. Which uh, looks awesome! Yeah, the X-Men trailer actually looks quite good. And that's, like I said on our board, I think if I if I approach it as kind of an Elseworlds-style remix of the characters and concepts and don't try to fit it into actual X-Men, I think I might be able to enjoy it. Uh, as far as actual X-Men goes, utter crap. But could be fun. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to wait to see a Spider-Man trailer to really compare them because both of the sets of images I saw didn't look any good. Michael, why would you say the trailer looks awesome? I, I, was I think it looks well, fantastic. Why, dude? Uh, one, they're setting it against the backdrop of the Cuban Missile Crisis, which doesn't jibe with the ages of both Magneto and Professor X, but whatever, uh, or Beast for that matter. Or how about so Havoc? I like that. I, I just, I got a really good vibe off the film, and I, I was really excited after seeing it, and I really want to see it, because I actually liked X-Men Origins Wolverine, too. I did, I did too. I liked it, too. So, it feels a lot like that, especially ending the trailer with, like, the big action shot. You know, like, the Wolverine one had him hanging off the helicopter, and you're like, oh, God, that's cool. And here it was Magneto holding the sub out of the uh, out of the ocean. Um, I like the X-Men movies, so I like the fact that they're exploring the early days of those characters. So we kind of see where Xavier and Magneto came from. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Bailey. I'm, ex- I'm not... You know, I'm not super, super, totally pumped for this movie, but same time, I mean, um, the trailer kind of calmed a little bit of my fears. Although I don't like the fact that we have Cat Beast, at least what I've seen. Well, I'm fine with that. The one thing I didn't like that I found out in this trailer was that we've got the Grant Morrison Angel Fly Girl thing in this movie. Oh, the Butterfly Girl. Butterfly Girl, yeah. Isn't her name Pixie? Yeah, Pixie. It, no, that's right. No, 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 no. Not? Pixie's a different character. Pixie's a different. <clears throat> Pixie's a different little girl with wings. This, this one is a character person <laughs> created called. Her name was Angel something. Angel was like her real first name, though really? it wasn't like, you know, the old Angel. This is the one that that banged the the bird kid beak and had like twenty thousand babies. Oh yeah, because it was Grant Morrison. That hurts the crack. <laughs> <laughs> and Stella, you would know that how. Uh. I'm just twenty thousand babies. Anyone can guess yeah, that. No doubt, no doubt. Just yeah. sounds like it. She is wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having the uh, San Diego Comic Con there. It's like after Blau had its way with you. Wow, that's just moving on. Uh, <laughs> Jr. It's rumored that Marvel Studios is working on a Punisher TV show on a cable network like HBO or Showtime. Would you watch it? Uh, well, first of all, I uh, I don't get premium cable. And uh, but assuming that, for example, I'm traveling somewhere and I do have premium cable, I would certainly uh, tune into it to see what it was like. But uh, I have my doubts about. I mean, The Punisher had they haven't made a good movie yet. That's true. And I have I have my doubts about that particular type of character being able to carry a TV show. But I mean, again, it's all in the writing and the acting. Yep. There were parts of that Thomas Jane movie that I liked, and the other parts I really like the Thomas Jane movie except for Revolting. I mean, and, and, and then the part where he was the merry trickster who carried a fake fire hydrant in the car. Ooh-wee. <laughs> anyway, I, I think it'd be, you might pick it up on DVD or rent it, Jeremy, I imagine. Well, probably. 
Uh, George isn't here. Mike, uh, what writers would you like to see on other Earth-1 graphic novels like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, or The Flash, etc.? Um, I don't know. It, it, it'd be kind of interesting to see some of the Marvel writers currently working, like uh, Van Lente and, um, and even Dan Slott, really. Because uh, Dan Slott wrote a lot of Batman Adventures comics based on the animated stuff. Uh, so he had a pretty good head of, head for that. And uh, j- j- just people other than are working at DC right now, just to give it that fresh take. I think that's why JMS on, on the Superman Earth-1 graphic novel kind of worked, because it wasn't Jeff Johns writing Superman Earth-1, even though he's doing the Batman <laughs> one. It was somebody from the outside coming in. So that's what I would like to see. Stella, why do people not realize the awesomeness of the Iron Fist? Um, and hello to Iron Patriot. Sorry, I was muted, but I wasn't being rude. Um, why do they not like, I don't know, it's, it's tough to know. Um, I think they probably just see him as this corny character, maybe back from, uh, the 80s and early 90s, and they don't realize how great the writing from, uh, Ed Brubaker and Matt Fraction was. So, I think that you should definitely give it a try, and, um, Berserk here actually, he took my recommendation and got the omnibus, um, I think like the first 20 or so issues of that run and he fell in love with it. So it is an awesome character and I do recommend at least picking that up, um, or the first trade of the immortal Iron Fist and get a good feel for the character. That's a classic example of what JR said. A good writer can take any character and make him awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> Zach, are you here? Well, what? Where? Huh? <laughs> what comic book movies are you looking forward to the most this year? Um, probably Cap and Thor, um, mm-hmm. Green Lantern, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch Green Hornet, so I don't, I can't comment on that. But um, Cap looks really cool. Uh, I love the trailer, and Thor. I thought this this new trailer from the Super Bowl was even better. Um, so I'm really excited for Thor. Sweet. Um, Steve Rogers from New York City, Professor Bailey, in your opinion, and based on your knowledge of the history of the medium, what has been the best time to be a comic book fan? Uh, let me get, since we're brothers from different mothers, I think your answer is the 80s. For our generation, definitely the, the, the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, um, for people a little longer, younger than us, like, uh, Zach and Kevin and Stella, it, it might be the uh, the 90s or the the last decade simply basically what the best decade is for fans is what what the fans of that era were really digging on so you know some eras that I would say uh, yay to would be uh, the mid to late 60s with Marvel I think if you're into cosmic characters you can't beat Marvel in the 70s uh, if you just want fun super heroics, uh, Marvel in the 80s, definitely, and DC. Uh, if you want lots of guys with pouches and belts and guns and stuff, and just the, <laughs> the, the fun of going to the shop every week, uh, you know, the 90s would definitely be it. And if you like to bitch on the Internet, you know, definitely the last decade. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> it, it is swell for you. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So for your personal take, the 80s? Late 80s, early 90s for me, yeah. definitely. Uh, Zach, oh my God, you're really here. What are your what? impressions of Super Bowl 45? Um, good game. I felt bad for the guys that organized the game because they had a hellacious batch of snow that um, 
never happens in in uh, Dallas. So um, felt bad for them, but other than that, I thought the uh, the stadium looked fantastic. It was a good game, a uh, surprising game, but the, the team that I wanted to win won, so I was happy. Very cool. Uh, Brad, have you tried this year's crop of Mountain Dew, the people's favorite choice flavors? I'm not aware, or Diet Mountain Dew. No, I haven't tried the new diet ones. I tried the ones last year, which was Whiteout, which I thought was pretty good. But I didn't know there's um, a new crop of them, are there? Probably. <clears throat> Seems like they always try something new do each year. Um, you missed Stella's question. Oh, I'm sorry. Stella, other than the story that shall not be named, is there another Barbara Garden story you're dreading going into for Backward Oracle? Um, yes. Uh, Nightwing Annual uh, number two. And um, only part of it, there, there are a lot of good moments in that, but there, and, and Kevin knows what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, there's just one particular scene that I'm just not going to look forward to going into. What is the story that shall not be named? I don't get it. <laughs> it's uh, the killing joke. Oh. Is the one that shall not be named. Oh, you don't like that one? I haven't read it, but just the fact that, I mean, I'm just not looking forward to it. Oh, it's the one like, where Barbara Gordon gets shot yeah. by the Joker. Yeah, why, why would I enjoy that kind of story? Well, it's it's up there with uh, Dark Knight Returns and Batman history. It's like our Gwen Stacy fact <laughs> issue. It doesn't mean it's good. Is it not? Yeah. It's not good. I've always. I mean, I mean it's, like, any, it, it, it's it's unnecessarily violent. You know, he he not only does he shoot her, he takes pictures of her naked and then shows those pictures to Commissioner Gordon while he's trying to drive him naked. Crazy. And oh by the way, you get to oh. see little Jim at one point. So yeah. What? Oh. Is this like rated R or what? I mean all those yeah. it was a it was a direct to comic oh. shops type thing, so it never went through the code. My God. I've never read it, but man. So but you, you got to remember, this is Alan Moore who's uh, batshit crazy. I know. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's so well regarded because so many people are so far up Alan Moore's ass, but it, it wasn't actually that good in my opinion. I liked his Joker origin story, but I hated the rest of it. Damn. Extreme Spider is on vacation in Liverpool, UK, home of the Beatles. Uh, BD, did you tune into the Super Bowl to see the Captain American Thor trailer? What did you think of them? Here's what it did. I DVR the Super Bowl, fast-forwarded through the game, <laughs> all the commercials. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a sports guy at all, but I love the hell out of commercials. I like the Doritos one. I like the little Darth Vader one a lot. The Darth Vader one was <clears throat> win. Made of epic win. Uh, the Captain America trailer, I loved. Watched it three times and watched it online some more. I think they, it was awesome to see the, uh, just a bit of the Red Skull. I like the CGI that they're making Steve Rogers a little wimp in the beginning. I mean, they had to. It looks like they... Pulled some similar F, uh, FX that they did with uh, Patrick Stewart in the X-Men movie where he was younger. So yeah, he did look good. too much younger to me. I'm sorry. I never I never thought that he looked younger. Ian McKellen looked younger, but yeah. Stewart looked like uh, The Thor trailer was cool. I I, I think I, I saw online the Comic-Con trailer, which showed a lot more stuff. I thought that was cooler, but still a, big, a lot of interest in the Thor movie. So, yeah, I'm there. I'm, I'm there to see all of them. Uh, I'll even go see Green Lantern. <laughs> Stella, have you read The Tempest by Shakespeare? I have not, but uh, I'm looking forward, if I can, because I know it's in limited release, to actually seeing the Julie Taymor, who directed Spider-Man, the musical Turn Off the Dark, uh, to seeing that movie that comes out. Okay. 
Professor Bailey, All Stars. How did you get the Professor? By the way, title. <laughs> um, it's a it's a gag from a, a podcast called Starkville's House of L. Okay. It's a uh, Smallville Superman. podcast. Have you seen it? I think you commented that you loved it, didn't you? All Star Superman. I haven't seen it yet. It's it's not legitimately oh. out yet. I'm thinking yeah. of the JM. Legitimately, oh dear. The Straczynski thing. I'm I'm sorry. What was that called? Or uh, Superman Earth One. Okay. I'm um, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. it. It comes out. There always seems to be a new one of these around my birthday, which is always kind of awesome. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> So I will be, uh, I'll be buying it and watching it and there will be a views from the long box episode where I'm teaming up with another guy, um, who you all know, uh, to, uh, hopefully if we can get that worked <laughs> out to talk about the comic book and the, um, nice. and the, uh, movie. What happened to the Marvel directed DVDs? The last one was Planet Hulk. I think, the- I, I think they're probably going more towards like animated shows. Uh, like Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Well, they got a they got a Thor one in the can. Like they got Ultimate Spider-Man that they're working on too. Ah. all right. Uh, Jr. I'm drawing a blank on what to ask. So how's it going? <laughs> okay. Okay. Kevin, describe in an excruciating detail the most bloodiest way Morbius would take down Edward Cullen. Congrats on the Douglas Cup win. Oh, thank you. Uh, and there's there's really not a whole lot of long, laborious detail that would need to be go- gone into because Morbius would just go right for the throat, rip it out, and be done with it because uh, he doesn't want any of that uh, sparkly blood or anything getting anywhere near him. <laughs> You're a hateful man. Vampires hate don't sparkle. Vampires don't sparkle. Snaps. It's the last thing he hears. And then, it's done. Oh, Perfect. God, sharks. Uh <laughs> Zach, did you predict that the Packers would win this year's Super Bowl? I didn't predict it, but I was really pulling for it because I'm a Cowboys fan and we have the second most amount of Super Bowls behind the Steelers. So I did not want the Steelers to win another one in our house. So I was very happy for for the Packers to win. But I thought the Steelers were going to win all the day. And that wraps up this episode. We'll have another hour of answering your message board questions coming out this month. Before we go, I want to thank MailOrderComics.com for sponsoring this episode. Another example of their great prices is on the thousandth issue of Spectacular Spider-Man. I think I missed a few in between there, but uh, it's the thousandth issue. Anyway, this one's written by John Ostrander, who had a great run on the Star Wars titles from Dark Horse. He also had a fun run on the Punisher and the Heroes for Hire titles for Marvel back in the 1990s. Now, this book teams Spidey up with the Punisher as they take on the Russian mob. Now, the cover price for the book is $4.99. Mail order has it for just $3.09, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at mailordercomics.com. Thanks for listening, gang, for the SpidermanCrawlspace.com. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.